0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. My name is Leah. I'm recovered compulsive overeater and your moderator for this morning. Today is Sunday, February twentieth, two thousand and twenty-two. The share ID numbers for Friday, February eighteenth, are the following for the seven a.m. Eastern Big Book study: eighteen thousand five hundred and sixty nine that's one eight five six nine and for the ten AM Eastern Big Book Study eighteen thousand five hundred and seventy. That's one eight five seven zero. This morning a vision for you presents our belief and God's power the two essentials. We are driven into the Overeaters Anonymous program by the frustration, bewilderment, terror, and despair we experienced in the bondage of compulsive overeating. Finally cornered by the disease, we stand at the jumping off place. In step one, we admitted our powerlessness over food and the unmanageability Of our lives we surrendered and gave up threw in the towel if however we were powerless over our problem how could we ever solve it in step 2 we are given the solution step 2 came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity Our situation is not hopeless, far from it. There is hope, but that hope lies outside ourselves. As the big book states, we had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. But where and how were we to find this power? In step two, we begin that search an undertaking that will lead us through the remainder of the 12 steps. It is a power greater than ourselves that arranges the restoration to sanity. We do not arrange the restoration. God, as we understand God, working with us and through us, can restore us to sanity. By surrendering in the first step, And accepting that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity in the second step, we have already begun the journey that will lead us to a spiritual awakening and a restoration to sanity. After years of despair and years of frustration, we find that our belief and God's power are the two essentials for a new life way of life. Joining us today to share her experience with Step 2 is Kathy S., a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Georgia. Kathy is committed to her daily spiritual work of the 12 Steps, which of course includes carrying the message of recovery. And it's with great appreciation I welcome Kathy S. to the line. Good morning, Kathy.
1: Good morning, Leah. Thank you so much. And Wow. I mean, we could just drop the mic right now. The fact that I'm here is proof in in a the miracles of God um whom I do consider my higher power and and like the big book says, we have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked for us. And uh and that is what I'm here today to bring to you, but I'd like to first open in prayer. Just God, you know as well as I do, that my problem has always been placing hope in people and things other than you and playing you that never worked. I can only know this by experience and it's usually the bitter kind. And I thank you for your patience and your grace with me. God, I lay aside my efforts, my thoughts, control, confusion, and fear right now, placing my hope in you. Make me a channel of your love and power. Grant me the words to speak. Most importantly, be glorified. Amen. Uh, yeah, so in coming up with this title, um, you know, I I was looking through the big book, and, and one of the things that, that really struck me was how, how the roads always lead back to step two. Uh, people that know me know that I do a lot of tense steps. Um, I get disturbed pretty easy. And, uh, and I have found it so beneficial to do the inventory work and get back, turned back to God. It always comes down to <clears throat> my disturbances are, you know, depending upon some other thing or some circumstance rather than God. So it just always keeps going back. And uh, on page 13 in Bill's story, it even says Bill wrote, you know, belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. And, uh, you know, there's belief plus God's power, but the willingness, honesty, and humility, uh, that, that's the way to get there, and that's by working the steps. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I definitely qualify. I. Was absolutely unable to stop eating on the base of self-knowledge, on my own. <clears throat> I have an allergy of the body. Definitely have the obsession of the mind. And I learned a lot about this, this disease here in this Vision for You meeting. And, um, and finally, it was a long and, and grueling process to, uh, of obsession to get to the concession of step one, um, my powerlessness. And there was a great um, special edition about that just last week. And they, they really drove home the fact that we really underestimate the power of this disease. Step two, we look at the solution. And I find that my trouble is I have underestimated the power of God, the solution. So so here we are. <laughs> when I think about my beliefs and and just who I am, who I was as a little kid, um, you know, I just, I easily believed in, in, the, in the lies, really. I remember distinctly um, as a kid, we, we went to Disney World a lot, and uh, there was a ride that my parents just loved for some reason, and uh, it was Pirates of the Caribbean, and it was this part where you go down this, this really fast rapids, and that part didn't scare me at all. It was once you got in and you're floating nice and peacefully and these pirates are shooting cannons towards your boat. And I would freak out because I I just believed it. I thought for sure we were being taken over, we were being attacked, and our our boat was going to get hit. I would scream, cry. I had these just crazy fits, and I'd be hiding underneath the bow of the boat. My parents would laugh and just... You know, they, they would point out eventually the truth, you know, like, look, look, that guy, you know, they would, sh- I could see the mechanics of it and, and then I could finally calm down. And it just strikes me, you know, but when it comes to God and God's protection and love and provision, I can be so skeptical. I, I, it takes me, I just don't believe that easily. Some other beliefs that I had in growing up, um, the belief that I need to have a sexy body, to be worthy of love and attention. I watched my dad, we grew up on the water, we lived in South Florida, and uh, we'd go out in a boat and he would have binoculars out, we'd go to boat races and he'd be gawking at at other women in tiny bikinis on boats and make comments. And then he would make comments to my mom and and they were always practicing diets of all kinds and, and talking about appearance. And so that's where I developed this I thought it was my truth. I very easily believed that that is where, to be loved, I had to look good. And I spent a lifetime going after that and uh, nearly killed myself so many times. Um, But yet I struggle to believe what God says: that you're my masterpiece, that I love you and I made you perfectly. You know, his love for me knows no bounds. I struggle with that. And then I believed in, in a career, you know, to give me significance and security and uh, just, you know, a sense of accomplishment and value because I would have a paycheck and I would have something to, to boast about, you know, my skills or whatever, my achievements. And, uh, but as a stay at home mom, I was very insecure. I felt very insignificant and I struggled to believe, you know, what God says. About me, that um, you know, true security and treasure and values come from you know from him, from my role in life, um, and through you know this celebration of life, and uh, and I'm a part of God's story. So <laughs> you know this, and it says that there's a talk about that. I actually don't have that one page marked in my big book, but in um. In We Agnostics, it talks about how we are so easy, so we so readily believe in the latest and greatest things, but when it comes to God, we can be so skeptical. And to be honest, I don't really know why that is, um, but it doesn't matter. Um, The truth is that when I step out and just try this solution, this power greater than myself, it's worked for me. Um, Like I said, I had a lot of prior beliefs uh, and, and I was so, yeah, just easy to believe about all these things about money and career, being my source of security and worth that the behaviors of others towards me was who I am and my identity, other people were to define me, uh, that my inner peace was going to come from being safe and protected or regularly from control. If I could get, if I could direct the show and get things to go my way, then I'll be okay. And, uh, and that self-acceptance was going to come from having all of these things. And especially, like I said in the beginning, that sexy body. You know, if I had all of this, then I, then I would have everything I need. And, and what I have learned, and this is part of the, the step, you know, coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to saying this coming to believe part is a no joke process. It's also a never ending process to come to believe means I really had to come to the end of myself trying to meet my deepest needs. Um, just like when I came to the end of myself with the food and I just felt cornered, I was completely powerless. That's the same as my faith, you know, all these other things that I put my hope in, um, they just, they didn't work. And I really came to the end. Uh, I was desperate and dying and coming into this program, you know, I, this, this most recent time I was just challenged to set aside all of those things. I I mean, just everything I tried just didn't work. And, And we talk about that all the time, you know, um, it's just, I feel like my journey has been like that Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the places you'll go. I mean, the things that I did that where I tried to find God is, it's kind of funny sometimes in looking back on it and, uh, you know, like for, and then the ways that I tried to find, even tried to find God in a solution, knowing that that was, was my answer. I I did a mission trip, um, and went to Africa and I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to find God there for sure. Those people know what they're doing, you know, and they worship so freely and they have nothing. And you could see real joy on their faces. And they didn't have sexy bodies. They didn't have a ton of food. They didn't have careers, you know, but they had, they had faith. And it was there that I learned, um, you know, some just some of the most beautiful characteristics of God over there. Um, we had... An opportunity to bring um, a some widows like uh, a uh,
2: goat oil
1: and a bag of rice, I think it was. It was a big bag of rice, but still, it was $50 for us. But to them, it went so much. And the next day at the little preschool where we were stationed as little missionaries, this woman brought me a live chicken. And I was
3: like, oh,
1: and we learned, you know, you you do not, you receive the gifts. This is something that they, they want to do for you. So I was definitely, you know, okay. I took the chicken and I'm holding this live chicken. She brought it hanging by its feet, but I, I had to hold it like a football. And we were talking through a translator and, and I was just like, I was so overwhelmed because I had heard already from the day before what this really meant to these people uh, a chicken, a live chicken is a gift of a half month's paycheck. And when I think about that in our American terms, I was just, wow. I cannot imagine giving away to some stranger uh, half of my husband's paycheck. It was just like, what? And and there I was, you know, standing and, and learning generosity, true Generosity, you know, and they were just willing to give up anything because they just they were so appreciative and and they were just so God spiritually led, and um and then there was another day where I had I I was trying to like share my story about God because I really thought I had this step by the way you know this was one that I breezed over a lot, and I was like yeah I got a faith in God but I just have this eating problem, and uh, so you know, the the answer is obvious. How was that working for me? It didn't. Um, and we'll get to that. But, uh, you know, there was another day where I had, I just felt like I had tried to give my story and I was fumbling around a lot and I felt like I don't even know what I'm saying. And, and uh, I had asked God, you know, God, just please help me, help me to really express, your love, or be useful, or just help me find you today. And, and what happened on that day was we took this bus ride to meet a bunch of, of high school kids, or just kids from the village, who had been um, ostracized because they all had AIDS. They were all dying of AIDS. And I saw this one girl, her name was Margaret. She was 17 years old, and she didn't even have the strength to move. She just sat in the grass. And I was so drawn to her. I sat next to her, I put my arms around her, I read to her, I I went and got her food, I just wanted to, I wanted to carry her anywhere she wanted to go. I just felt so, so much love that I just wanted to pour out to her. Not one word was exchanged. And yet, I just felt like love was so received, given and reciprocated. And it was just a life changing moment. And it just showed me again. This is not about how I perform, what I say. It's God's power channeling through. Um, You know, another crazy, crazy solution thing that I did was in, in one of my attempts to try to arrest the illness was going to several different nutritionists and i had this nutritionist that dealt with women who have eating disorders and and body image issues because i thought okay if i can get over myself and and learn to love my body we will be all right you know i will stop eating this way and be crazy with food and exercise and and she told me about this photographer that helps you she takes pictures of of you know people that suffer from from the disease and and uh helps you to see your body as a work of art and I thought, oh, there you go, so I did that you know I signed up it was free because she was it was part of her mission her her place to give back um to the world and uh and it was <laughs> of course it was nude um and I knew that, but uh and I was nervous i was like this this is just so weird." And uh, so she and I had a talk beforehand. She liked to get, you know, comfortable. And then she's like, all right, let's get started. And she's like, I don't want you to pose, you know, just, just stand there. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's just me and this photographer. I am totally naked, totally vulnerable right there. And uh, when she started, she's like, all right, now let's take a break. And I got my robe back on and she shows me pictures of me. And it's, you know, your face is not included. It's from just the neck down. And I burst into tears <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. And she goes, tell me what you're feeling. And I was like, this is worse than I thought. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and, and I, I don't know it. That didn't really work for me um, much. But, uh, you know, when I went to my therapist and by the way, I did binge afterwards big time. And when I went to my therapist the next day, she said, well, you know, what do you think would have happened if i would have listened to my intuition and my anxiety and not done it and uh and i thought you know wow i i don't know and i i at first i thought oh how loving and kind listen to my anxiety and be like honey you're scared don't do it but what came out of my mouth was my real truth i would regret it i knew i would regret it i would regret not doing it not trying and to this day, I believe that because that would have been just one more thing. I wouldn't have tried and it wouldn't have gotten me to the place of desperation to the end of myself and all my attempts and all these ways that I was seeking a solution. You know, when I say that I, I was given to focusing on a career in college, um, you know, I, I found myself in a situation where I was pregnant and I was like, that is not gonna happen that's not gonna jive with my plan you know i was so career focused i took a life i was because i was putting my hope in myself and my career i had some some very weak and and messed up values and uh and and then you know with with the obsession of the body i've shared this on the line before uh that i was so focused on getting attention and love and attention and my husband he was so busy with work he he just wasn't giving it to me the way that I needed it I had three kids under the age of five and I'll be damned if I was going to have a body of a stay-at-home mom so I hired a a, uh, trainer and worked really hard to try to get my body in shape which it didn't really change much because my food was what it was at the time still I wasn't binging at this point but uh I was I was you know just eating I was eating a bunch of crap, and uh, anyways, just working out a lot i I fell in love with the attention and the you know the attention and the encouragement of this trainer and when we stopped working together, I found myself longing to just make up excuses and get together with him, so I would set up lunches and and we would talk and we would get to know one another and and then God stepped in and he he was my husband was presented with a move to go to Georgia and um, we were living in Illinois at the time. And, uh, and, and it was different, you know, this was such a God thing because normally you have to, my husband would have had to put in for a promotion, have to go through a whole interview process. And that is not what happened. They came to him and they said, John, we had this opportunity. We want you to go to Georgia. And John was like, Uh, Okay. And I was very excited because my whole family lives in Florida still. I've always loved Georgia and Atlanta and uh so so we were all excited. But as we were getting close to leaving, you know, I was like, huh. Well, I told this trainer that, you know, we'd be moving and and he grabbed my hand and he's like, I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> and of course my heart was like, What is happening? And um, but it felt so cool to be loved and to be admired or needed or wanted and I I fell into that little trap and for the next few weeks before we left I made I just I threw all caution to the wind I felt like I didn't have anything to lose so I allowed myself to just love and be loved for the first time granted this again like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of love because it I don't there were a lot of red flags but, you know, the infatuation of something new and shiny was, of course, very attractive to me. And uh, by the grace of God, we did not take it too far, um, you know, because that would be adultery if we'd had any, any um, cross and too many physical lines there. And um, thank goodness, for some reason, I had that to, to hold me accountable. And uh, just in time, we moved to Georgia and my husband found out about that. And it made our marriage, it was a little tough to say the least, making it to the closing table, but, um, but God, even there, showed up. And um, we. for about a year, I kept in touch with that trainer and we um, communicated because just like any addiction, every couple of weeks, I needed that, that, that hit, that hit of attention. And I was also trying to score some exercise plans and some diet tips uh, of course. And um, until over time I would, you know, over about a year uh, we had been going to a new church too, by the way, my husband had found out about it to a degree and, and was very, you know, he was at Iswitz, and we went to church at a new church and learned all about God's sovereignty and God's grace. And uh, so I, at all this time, the, the guilt was just piling up and it was getting heavier and heavier. And I found myself finally after about a year, I felt backed into a corner, that sense of powerlessness, that sense of what I'm doing here, trying to get this guy to be my God and give me that love and attention. It hurt. It became very painful. And, um, and I felt totally backed up into a corner. And I prayed to a God that I, I knew was big but I didn't understand and, and I felt led to, Kathy, you need to confess, you need to get honest. And I read this book about repentance and, and it basically was kind of a step poor process. I shared a 12 page confession to my husband and it was then and there that I was broken of that and detached, separated forever from that attraction to this other man and his attention And, um, and part of it was because I saw the pain that I had caused my husband and he said, only God's going to save this marriage. And I said, I agree. And, uh, and we surrendered our marriage to God and came to faith in Jesus because I said, you know what, this is why he died on the cross was so that, um, I would be free. I'd be forgiven. And I claimed it and I was passionate. And that's when this eating disorder thing came up and I started, taking matters into my own hands again and uh and i was getting i bought a scale i i joined the gym and that's when i and i got into um moving on from career going into other achievements like running a marathon and things like that and uh and i that's when the the food thing really started for me i got into binging big time and I got into dieting big time. And then the exercise was just coming along for the ride, too. That was my backup plan. And I just jumped from one addiction to the other. It was the food, then it was the, then it was the diet, and then crash the food, and then it was the exercise. It was just constant, and it got really bad, and it brought me here. When I came into to Vision for You, and I learned more about this, again, I thought I had this God thing licked. it was not a problem. And, and I had just kind of passed through, through it all. And, um, you know, when I, when I came in this most recent time, and I'm going to just stick to that because that's what worked for me. I was, I was really beat down because I had put a lot of effort even into working the steps. I had my work ethic. That was one of the final hopes that had to be beaten out of me. And, um, and working hard and doing a lot of discipline and writing and reading and calling and you know, those are tools and tools are good and they have been very beneficial for me but that's what I put my faith and hope in, as well as a sponsor and when I went back out because I again came to the end of myself I just couldn't do enough um, and I I the food brought me back after a few months and so I knew step one I had that full concession that, um, you know, I, I am truly powerless over this disease and I don't know what to do. And I reached out to a dear friend that I had met through this program. She was a peer. And she, after a couple of weeks, agreed, a couple of weeks of prayer, agreed to sponsor me. And I, um, so I said, uh, okay, after a binge, by the way, that I had had during those two weeks. <laughs> And, and when we, you know, step one, i kind of felt like that was a no brainer and we talked very briefly about it. Again, that was a long process. I had been in OA for over 10 years, since since 2010. I got recovered or got abstinent this most recent time in 2020. So, um, so that's where we're at. You know, it takes a long time and it takes what it takes. But one of the things one of the game changers was in step two and she had asked me to do a, to to do a writing and to ask, she had asked me, I'd like for you to write a letter to God asking him what you think you need to recover. And so, um, what I did was cause I, again, I'm like, I, you know, I got God, but I, I didn't. And <laughs> I knew that I was so defeated. So, I prayed, I did the set-aside prayer. And for those of you that aren't aware of that one, it's just, God, just please set aside everything I think I know about you, about myself, about the 12 steps, this process for an open mind and a new experience. Amen. It's very simple. So I did that, and, um, and I started writing. And I'd like to read that for you right now. It's, Dear God, I pray that you will inspire me even now because i really don't know i need wisdom regarding my food my food plan working the steps handling relationships and knowing my truth i need courage to live out my truth detached from the fear of the opinions of others i need love that comforts me in the form of assurance acceptance delight even that you are celebrating my true self living out loud in freedom I need trust that you will send who I need what I need when and how I need for as long as I need I need power to live recovery every day I need grace to love myself and others well I need evidence of your presence everywhere I need comfort in this process of dying to self and becoming humble, content, and one of many. I need truth and revelation of it to guide me. I need protection from the enemy's tactics of discomfort, doubt, resentment, condemnation, selfishness, dishonesty, and fear. I need memories of your faithfulness, grace, and provision. I need you to be real, known, connected, to never let me go or cut me loose. I need you to be my shepherd, to make me lie down in green pastures of provision, safety, and comfort, and lead me to still waters of peace and satisfy my thirst and my true needs while restoring my soul with healing. I need you to work all things together for my good. I need you to be God to my husband and family. I need you to soothe all my hurt and fear, to be more in and through my life and I need power and purpose that you would strengthen me and pour your love into me to tear down walls, break chains, and open my life as a full access channel to send your love and glory out into the world. And there it was, this list. Now what was I gonna do with that list? And that was my step two challenge for myself come to believe that a power greater than myself, the greater than ourselves, could restore us to sanity. My challenge was to believe, to really believe that that power existed, that these things on my list were really going to happen, that they, you know, would be there. And, And to that extent, you know, that's where I've had peace in my life. You know, and I talk about that with other people. I'm like the God of my recovery is not a God who sits back in judgment and and is just waiting to get me. He's setting up traps because that's what I used to believe. I always thought, you know, if I have something good, God's just waiting to rip out that carpet underneath me. He doesn't do that. You know, and and, um, it's, it's just wild how God shows up. I mean, the fact that I'm here today doing this, uh, yeah, definitely wasn't on my radar. I wasn't expecting this. And God has t- taken things like some of my biggest mistakes, so to speak, or my my worst choices and made them some of my most beautiful stories. Like um like I said when I when I took a life and I had an abortion in college, um, you know, I thought I saw a particular there's a particular bible study it is kind of an outside issue i guess but what what i did was uh i i learned about god's grace i got to see you know really the the um you know the repercussions i guess of my choice and and regard that as a life and i'm like wow and um and then we had a a memorial service and i wrote a letter to that unborn baby and I wrote a letter to God. And uh and I'm so grateful because that child never had to spend one day in this world. That child was so special. He was called straight up to heaven, you know, and I have peace with it. I have peace because God doesn't remember it anymore. He doesn't know why why that happened, you know, and and he reminds that baby of that. And um and that was a beautiful thing. And my husband showed up for that ceremony. He had nothing to do with that, that time, but he was there supporting me. My husband and I have been married. We're going to celebrate 27 years this year. And our marriage is in a place I never thought possible. And, uh, and he has been with me and been by my side. He has really shown me what real love is. Because he didn't kick me to the curb for all the things that I've done. And... Um, you know, he's been on a lot, and I've shared this too, he's been on a lot of 10 steps of mine because I have made him a God. And and God has used him to, to show me who God is and who I'm not, which is John's God. And John is not my God. So I'm not responsible for, for his anger sometimes or his discomfort. And I'm not responsible for, yeah, He's not responsible for mine, um, you know, and, and I come back to that. And, and I have three amazing kids who, you know, if I read to you the text from my oldest daughter this morning, I don't think I could because it just put me in tears, some of the things she said. And uh, even hearing her faith through the text, I know some of those words are some of the things that I've shared with her. And she's about to become a mama herself. And, uh, which is, you know, I would have been probably six feet under if I weren't in recovery with some of that stuff, but God, you know, God is so good. I have friends in this program, friends that, uh, you know, just the love and the comfort and support that I get, um, because of what God has done for me and through me in this recovery process just relationships restored. I'm learning how to be authentic and how to show up and how to love. And again, how to be loved. Um, you know, getting back to that list that I wrote, the other thing that um, that comes up is, is in the chapter we agnostics, there's a paragraph about God is everything or else he is nothing. When I wrote that paper, I was standing at a turning point, and this is a step two idea. You know that that uh, and 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 I was at that point, kind of where I was with with that first that other relationship. You know, I felt like I had nothing to lose, so I might as well give this a shot. And I had that mustard seed faith that God would be those things on that list and um, and he has been and today you know the consciousness of God is the most important fact of my life he restores me to sanity and when I'm not in when I'm not sane, <laughs> you know when I because I do slip back very easily you know I'm a believable I will believe anything kind of girl and um, but I do get turned around quickly Thanks to this process, thanks to this 10 steps, and I look at what again am I putting my hope in. In the um, OA, I mean, wait the AA12 12 and 12, step two on page um, I think it's page 31, it talks about belief. Belief means reliance, not defiance. I need to stop running from God to all these lesser ideas. I need to rely on God which is, um, it's, it's kind of how I try to run life today. You know, I showed up, yeah, I wrote a lot of notes here. And then I set them aside. I don't even know what I'm saying. But I certainly am hoping that it's making sense to somebody out there. <laughs> you know, the truth is, I'm beyond human aid. And the truth is, I don't know what's best. I don't know what's good for me. I don't know what's best for my kids. I certainly don't know what's best for my husband I don't even know what I need but God does and I trust him and um, and that's it's trusting God relying on God knowing God's faithfulness today the way that I do looking back on my life knowing that God stepped in even when I when I never called him I never thought about even praying about a lot of things Um. You know, God showed up anyway. And he saw me through some of the worst times of my life. I'm here. I'm sharing on a special edition. Uh, never expected this, right? And um, it hasn't been that long. And I am not taking uh, advantage or for granted this miracle. Because it wasn't me. And I think that was the biggest key To recovery for me was to stop trying to stop doing and stop making it mine (laughs) you know and just stop running around just put it down just believe it's not it's not that hard really well it is because it's counterintuitive but um, and I can't see it it's not tangible which is why you know but it's real it's the only real thing I have, God's power. And the way to access it is by stop running the show. That's the first and foremost thing. Play that, play like I'm playing, um, you know, how, the, how we used to do as kids, you know, with uh, somebody tries to find out who's it on um, hide and seek, and you all run around and go, not it, not it. And, and that's what I have to play today, not it. Not God, and um, the other thing I wanted to say was my faith in God as a kid. It was it was really based on how well God answered my prayers, and that's the problem. I have a perception issue because again, I don't know what's best for me. And when I've shared with sponsees about perception, I remind them, you know, what I see is is what I would see in uh, if I were to put my nose on a piece of artwork. Like a like a Picasso or something. I put my nose on the canvas, and it just looks like a hot mess. It's just a blur of color. I don't get it. I'm not intrigued, I'm not impressed. Or I could be scared. I don't know. But the truth is, that's my limited perspective. I can't see the whole picture. So that's where you know, maybe we get off saying hindsight in 2020. You know, now I get it. Now I see it. The dots are getting crossed. And God knew what was best. God knew for me and my family that the best thing was that I not have a career. You know, but I thought that. I thought it. God knew that the best thing for my family was not to give me a divorce. But I prayed for it. Thank you, God, for not answering that one. You know, and, and, uh, and then God, you know, he, he just, he knows, he knew when I was ready. And he brought me the person I needed to help guide me through these steps. And, um, and today, you know, there, there was something that I heard once in, in regarding my prayers. And I do believe this part because I believe in God's goodness and his faithfulness as evidenced in my life. And when I put my belief there, I can say, I can think to myself about, about those times when God didn't, doesn't answer my specific prayers. I do still have hope. Because what I know about God is that He always answers the prayers I would have prayed if I knew everything He knew. And um, it's His perspective that I'm going to have to trust because He sees everyone, He knows every heart, and He knows everything, you know, and He's created all of life out there. Every one of us, because we're here. Are worthy of love acceptance and and we're certainly worthy of recovery It's why you're here and uh, you know and it's time that we just don't underestimate the power of God anymore just give it a shot what have you got to lose you know like the big book says you can have your own life back but give this a try it's worth it it really is and um I think I'm going to pass with that. I kind of feel like I'm going to be babbling from here on. So, again, I hope that was helpful. And, uh, yeah, we'll move on. Thanks, Leia.
0: Thank you, Kathy, for your beautiful presentation this morning and for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us this morning. Thanks for a powerful message of hope and possibility. Share ID for this morning. 18,575, that's 1-8-5-7-5. Kathy's contact information will be given at the conclusion of this recording, so please stay tuned for that. We will now transition to a question-answer segment. You can pose a question to Kathy, questions only, by pressing star 1 to unmute. I need your name, including the first letter of your last name.
2: Felicia S. from New Jersey.
0: Felicia S. Gotcha. Barbara P. P. Barbara P. Jessica C. Jessica C. Dawn B. Dawn B. our one to unmute. Lonnie P. Ronnie P. Lonnie with an L. Thank you, Lonnie.
4: Thank you.
0: All right. Let's begin with this group. Thank you. Beginning with Felicia S. Followed by Barbara P.
2: Good morning. I'm Felicia S. from New Jersey, a recovered, recovered uh, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your message this morning. And thank you to all who, do, who have done service today. Um, my question is, can you tell us a little bit about your daily, um, your morning and evening routine, spiritual routine, and how your 11 step and how that that's grown
1: and where you are currently? Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Felicia. That's a great question. Um, Yeah, every morning I get up a lot earlier (laughs) and uh, it has changed a lot my morning routine because I used to get up and go to the gym and uh, I don't do that. I get up and my first priority is to uh, get a glass of water and do a little meditation to quiet my mind and to just seek God. Um, I open up, I typically, again, will listen to to a meditation or a prayer and um, put, just listen to ocean waves. And then I just start off in a morning prayer, which is usually about... Um, putting my concerns, to, what are what's concerning me, just kind of having a talk with God, pretending that I'm sitting on a bench with God and just sharing my heart with God. And I surrender my concerns over to him in prayer. and um, And then I pray for others too at that time. And if anything comes out as like a disturbance, sometimes if I haven't already done a 10th step on it, I'll take that time to also um work a 10th step and by that I mean just writing up a, a fourth step inventory getting it all written out and uh seeing what god wants to reveal to me through that and um and yeah and then um and and I yeah and I do that and that uh, cuz remote prayers like the third step prayer I do do those and I do the 7 step prayer pretty much like an adaptation every time I wrap up a 10th step but just saying, you know, prayers, memorizing them, that, that doesn't work for me. I need to have a real conversation time with God. And sometimes if I'm in a lot of angst, I will ask God, like, God, what do you want me, you know, and I'll, and I'll just start writing, um, like two-way prayer, God, what's God telling me, and I just start writing, and, and it's amazing what things fall out from that. In the evening, I do do, I use my little um, OA toolkit app. Um, that takes me through the questions I believe on page 86 and I will I write those out um, or I put it in my phone using that app every night and uh, you know and I include in there where was I resentful selfish or dishonest uh, um, and fearful um, throughout the day including you know any 10 steps that I've given away just so I can kind of see kind of wrap up my day and see for myself Uh, what happened, what transpired, and especially at my favorite question is, you know, what could I do better? So it kind of sets me up for what does tomorrow look like? You know, what can be my intention for the next day? And, um, and then, you know, in that time and some prayer and and a lot of gratitude. And um, yeah, and then I go to bed, I keep that between God and I, I don't really send it off or share it. Um, But if things if I have questions or things come up, I do obviously share those 10 steps the next day with, with my fellows. And so, and that's grown because I never used to do things like that. Um, Like I said, I exercised, I would fit prayer time in whenever I did, I would do it as more of a checkoff. And now it's important to me. It's like breathing and uh, it's, it's like stretching and, and yeah. So, and I look at how, how did I depend upon God throughout the day? What do I need to focus on? And so, thanks, I hope that was helpful.
0: <laughs> thank you, Felicia S. for the question. Barbara P., your turn, followed by Jessica C.
2: Hey, good morning, Kathy, and thank you for what a beautiful, beautiful presentation. Barbara P., also from the Atlanta area. And um, I was really struck by the phrase coming it came to the end of myself. And I guess I'm just wondering, I find for me when I get scared or I don't like what's happening, I go right back first. My first instinct is still self-reliance. So I'm wondering if you experience that and if you do, what do you do to realize, I guess, to come to the end of yourself on a daily basis? I can hear it historically, but what do you do if that happens in your day? So would love any wisdom on that. Thank you, my friend. Hmm.
1: Thank you, Barbara. Excellent question. Yeah, my little self and self-reliance, it arises every single day and a lot of times more than once a day. Um, and and it's, you know, it, it comes up. I become aware of it anytime I'm disturbed. And I realize that I'm putting my hope in something like myself or in someone or a circumstance. and And so... Um, that's where I will do a 10th step. And I look at the situation or circumstance. I write out what it is I'm upset about. And, uh, I, and I say the sick man's prayer over it. And then um, look at where am I being selfish? Where am I demanding my way? And um, And I think I know best. Where's my pride showing up? Where am I dishonest looking at the lies I'm believing? Again, what are, what are the things that are not God that I'm putting my hope in, my expectations of how things should be happening, how I think others should be behaving? And I'm getting, what am I getting from that? My self-seeking, I'm getting my sense of value and peace from this, this person, place or thing, and not God, you know? And, and my fear, I look at that, where am I scared? What am I afraid of losing? Because when I'm really trusting in God's power, I I I don't. God's power it never fades, and God doesn't leave me. I won't lose it. I am completely safe when I really trust and rely upon God's power. Nobody can hurt me, you know. And uh, nobody can take God away from me. And if God is everything, God is my source of peace and my source of security. You know, no 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 man can touch that and um but i forget that you know just again that parrot i don't know why i came up with that but the the pirates of the caribbean kind of a fact where i just i believe what isn't real and i don't believe the truth so often and so i get i get right-minded back in under fear you know i i'm afraid of depending upon god alone because belief in itself is scary I can't see it all the time it's not so tangible I have to just just take that jump and trust that God's going to catch me and when I share that with another fellow along with prayer and I and I I love my question or love my question love the question on on my on that character defects worksheet when I do an inventory is have I considered and that's where I kind of look at have I ever considered what God might be up to You know, that God is really uh, using this person to show me these defects, and that's not really who I am or who I was created to be. So I can be restored to what God really intended for me to be by asking him to remove all these defects and helping me to walk that spiritual life of humility and honesty, courage, and love and compassion and tolerance and forgiveness, things like that. And uh, so that always brings me back to God reliance and, and uh, of course, feedback never fails me when my fellows, they share with me what they hear or um, strengthen me with encouragement. And, and it's just amazing. I feel like that's really where God speaks. So, and then being of service, getting out of myself, it's just a cool process. So yeah, thanks Barbara. I hope that answers it.
0: Thank you, Barbara P. Jessica C., your turn, followed by Dawn D.
3: Hi, this is Jessica C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ontario, Canada. Um, Kathy, I just loved your share. Um, I can really uh, feel the strength of your connection with God and everything that you've said. Um, You've talked a lot about 10 steps, and I wanted to ask you about that. Um, I i am curious about your process. And I'm, you know, I hear different things around the 10th step. Um, that if 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 something is coming up over and over again on the 10th step, then maybe it's a, a step six and seven. Uh, something to sort of, yeah, it's more of a step, step six and seven thing where We have to act the opposite of our defects in the moment and maybe not use the 10th step process. So I'm curious about that, you know, about your point of view. If something is coming up over and over again on the 10th step, is there something, what do you do
1: when that comes up for you? Thanks, Jessica, that's a great question. Um, And I've had that happen. And sometimes it depends. like there are times when I will do like my tenth step process again is to to basically do a fourth step inventory of it um where i I just look at the resentment um the selfishness dishonesties, the lies I'm telling myself the self seeking behavior and the fear <clears throat> and um and if something does repeat itself like there are sometimes some people that continue to show up, and I can't quite figure it out sometimes i'll do at least. Well, I don't know. I'll do a few, sometimes 10 steps, because there might be just a slightly different detail. Or that's where I get quiet and I ask God, you know, please show me what I need to see here. And I will even express this with my fellows. Like sometimes the truth is, I don't know why I'm disturbed. I just know something's off. And I've been told, Kathy, it's okay to trust your, your instinct, you know, that maybe somebody isn't safe for me. There's something off, and and I need to take a break from that person sometimes. um, I pray for them. You know, we do that resentment prayer uh, where we just pray blessings of health, happiness, prosperity, everything that I want. You know, I pray it for that person, do it for two weeks, and I find that, yeah, those things work. And sometimes it takes a little longer than two weeks. You know, and I don't really know, but but sometimes with the combination, and that's another thing um, with my morning meditation, my morning time is I use um, a few devotionals. and Sometimes in those devotionals, there might be a key word like forgiveness that stands out. And I realize, oh, my gosh, I've been holding these people hostage. You know, I'm holding on to a resentment here. And rather than do another 10-step on it, you know, it's it's maybe a, A different approach of praying for them or just imagining you know that you know just i don't know there there was something a time recently i had this um this couple this friend of ours that i was constantly doing 10 steps on and and i you know i did the resentment prayer for two weeks and and it still wasn't lightning lighting up and and i just i didn't know what was going on but then one day i had just a honest conversation with my husband and that's where it fell out. <clears throat> and, it, and it wasn't me talking about them. It was me saying, you know what I think it is? <laughs> I feel, I just feel so insecure around them. I feel like I can't be myself. You know, I had, I had all these other things. And, and the truth was, I had, I just, I kept showing up with a mask on every time I saw these people. And I didn't really know why. I just, that's just what I did you know and it, it and wearing a mask by the way is like those little <laughs> those little childhood halloween masks that are plastic with a tiny little air hole and the elastic strap you know and i'm sweating underneath it and can barely breathe and today you know i can take that mask off and just show up you know give my friends the benefit of the doubt to like me or not you know and um and things are all of a sudden, you know, just saying that out loud, naming the real thing, like I'm insecure. I just don't, I feel inferior or I feel scared around them. And my husband was just kind of like, that's weird. And I said, yeah, me too. I don't know. It's weird. But I came, I showed up then the next time we saw them with an intention of just being myself. Let's just believe, let's just trust God that I am enough and see what happens. And maybe just focus on them, not myself. And I had the best time. And and I don't know. You know, the whole thing was just lifted. Just prayer in and, and God's power. And it lifted. So I guess the answer to your question in short order would be pray. And just trust God, you know, and, and just show up, be authentic, and, and trust. So, yeah. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Jessica C., now we have Dawn B followed by Lonnie P.
2: Thank you so much, um, and thank you, Kathy, for your beautiful, beautiful presentation. It was just so moving and so just, just absolutely beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask what kinds of things in your you know quiet time with your higher power and in your ten steps. Uh, what kinds of things has your higher power communicated to you that have brought you um, the most comfort and, you know, maybe even surprised you what your higher power has communicated with you? Um and then if also wanted to ask if there's anything that you wish you had said in your presentation that you, you know, didn't say that um, you know, maybe you were thinking, I wish I would have I wish I would have said that. Anyway, that's all I have. Thank you so much for your beautiful presentation.
1: Thank you, Dawn. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Yeah, um, I think in my 10th steps, one of the bigger things, especially when I did uh, just do inventories, what I'm really seeing actually these days is some change, some shifts in these defects. Um, some of the old ones are, are kind of always showing up, like I want in my own way, um, and playing director and things like that. But being miserly doesn't show up as often as it used to. Um, trying to control how people think of me—no, eh, that one shows up. <laughs> but wanting special treatment, you know, some of the things. What's surprising me today is is that some of these defects just—they're not as prominent. Um, as they used to be. But what does show up is, is, again, this false dependency on other people and things, and getting my sense of security and value, you know, from, from other people's behavior or their projected behavior. And, um, you know, seeing all these lies that I've believed my whole life that, that you know, that my value comes from appearance and, and again, approval. Um, or, or work, and, and, and I'm starting to see what God is really showing me through these 10 steps, through this process, is, is that his love for me is greater. And, um, and that, you know, these are all self-reliance toolkit stuff that I'm dealing with, that I struggle with. These are why I struggle, because of not enough belief in God's power and um and and uh yeah i don't you know and i do 10 steps i do these inventories i do fear inventories the same way i do resentment ones and i run them through these defects to see what all is under there you know because because and the reason i should say yeah one of the reasons why i do a lot of inventories and 10 steps is because of the fact that my new craving today is, is spiritual experiences. It's um, to get that aha effect from God and with God. And I get that when I do a 10 step because, and they're often called a turnaround because I take my perceptions about what's happening, my thoughts, and, and they get turned around to back to God and God's power and God's love where I'm not being threatened um the way that I thought I was so the disturbance kind of dissipates and and it just um yeah and I see where I I'm my part you know or or I'm holding on and I'm I'm disturbed by somebody I'm holding them hostage I've got them tied up and God has shown me to just loosen, loosen it. It's okay because he loves them too. You know, God has shown me a lot of things I've known about my judgment, you know, but, but what is really popping out for me in many ways is how my faith and and the, you know, how church, things like that, it, it's just, it's exploding. Um, you know, they, I heard, uh, Something last week or a couple weeks ago, um, they were talking about a sermon um, about, you know, um, and I can't, I'm not going to do it justice, I don't think, but, oh, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will have the kingdom of God. And, and I know today what that, what that is. You know, to be poor in spirit is to be in that desperate, desperate place, to be so broken don't worry you know because God brought this program we have these steps and we get the kingdom you know when I find God I find myself that that is becoming true this so Don to continue on with your question which I don't know if I've got on any dovetails here but but that um, this this has been a journey of authenticity and it, and I came in here thinking I just needed to get rid of this food problem had no idea what I was in for and all the gifts that I, you know, when I get God by working the steps, um, I get, I get a lot of other things thrown in there too, like the restoration process and, um, and it's, you know, the relationships that, and how they're changing and, and my, you know, just my life, my outlook, it's not perfect because, again, I give away a lot of 10 steps, but, but I get turned around and all these roads lead back to my belief. Um, I'm getting closer to what God had in mind when I was created. And, yeah, there is one more thing I wanted to add <laughs> that, um, you know, through this process, I think about um, what I love This story about Michelangelo, the artist, and how he, he was when he was asked about the statue of David. And um, how did he do it? You know, how did he how did he come up with this beautiful statue out of marble? And the artist replied that he just chipped away what wasn't David. And when we work the steps and we identify character defects and I ask God to remove them as they get chipped away through steps six and seven and, and and so on, you know, my authentic self, the masks come off, the the disturbances, the character defects get chipped away and my authentic self, my spirit shows up. My true self. My true self is is um is worthy of love. And I have peace and I am peace. You know, I'm I'm not my body and I'm not what others think about me. I'm me. And um all in my authenticity. And I'm I'm flying. You know, I'm like a bird that can fly because I know I'm loved. So Thanks for that question.
0: Thank you, Dawn. B, Lonnie P, your turn. Star 1 to mute.
2: Hi,
4: everyone. This is Lonnie P. Um, wow. Um, this share just, I mean, I'm in tears right now. Just, it's been so profound. Um, hmm. I was starting to write like a letter or do a dialogue with with god this morning and i just felt like (laughs) i could relate to everything that you said um i don't know what balance is or what it looks like you know i go 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 and then i burn out and i've lived like this for as long as i can remember and it you know sends me to the efforts you know obviously in the past the food I've been clean again and working the steps again since December twenty-sixth, and right now I feel really scared. Um, it's like I, I, I'm at that place of burnout again, and I don't know how to be different, you know. And I haven't been feeling well this week. I've been at that place of a burnout. Um. And Lonnie. I don't know how to... Lonnie, in the interest so, of time, yeah.
0: please, if we could pose a question, that would be great. Okay. Thank you so much.
4: So how do I get out of my own
3: way? Mm.
1: Good question. Um. And it, I remind, I remember when I came back into this program, Lonnie, and, and I was burned out. And um, I didn't even believe this program would work. Uh, cause I felt like I had tried it. I had done, cause I was one of those, you know, it was, it was all or nothing. You know, I was that way with the food. I was that way with my program. And um, you know, that, that's just that, that concept of coming to the end of myself. I was like, I don't even know what to do, but God did. And I prayed about it and he led me to a sponsor and I just did whatever she said, which for me um, was to back off you know and it was doing very little the only re- writing assignment i had from her was to do this step two writing assignment uh, outside of the fourth step and um you know and it was to just get real to stop trying and uh the problem is is that i can't you know nobody can can pass on that experience you have to we have to each experience it ourselves and um so I, I just had to be done, you know, done trying, and just be willing, honest, open-minded, and willing. So again, one of the the practical tactic that I had was to do that set-aside prayer. Ask God to set aside everything I think I know about myself, about these the steps, about everything. And just give me an open mind and a new experience. And then we just took one step at a time and uh, and I just looked to make this a new experience. How is it going to be different? Because what I was doing was not working. So, yeah. Thanks. I hope that answers your question.
0: Thank you, Lonnie P. We have time for probably three more questions. Press star one to unmute if you'd like to offer your name, including the first letter of your last name. Okay. Alexa
2: H. Toby W. Roz R. Okay.
0: I have, I believe, Alexa, Loretta H. Toby W. Let's begin with Alexa, please.
2: Yes, Kathy, I could relate to a lot of your share that was very moving. Mm.
0: And um when you say everything is God, what do you mean?
1: Hmm. Well, thank you for that question. And um when I when I was mentioning that, at least in the presentation I think, I was talking about everything on that on that list um, that I read, you know that that God is the love that comforts me. That God is the power that I need and the grace to love myself and love others. And God is the comfort. And um, and I don't, you know. Again, it's just it's it's very hard to explain. It's just a matter of stop filling that hole. With other things and and just just saying that 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 whole of the soul that, that can only be life and my fulfillment and satisfaction can only be filled by by my higher power, my higher power is very loving and kind. My higher power cares about me and provided the words today, because I don't know how much crying I did myself because of the fear and the confusion, and I'm like, oh, my God. And my, my goal today is to just to glorify God who is the solution. And I have to believe that God is everything. He is the answer. God is the answer to every difficulty I have. God is the answer to every fear I have and uh, every disturbance. You know, he's not the source of all my disturbances. He's the solution. God is like a bomb, B-A-L-M. To To all the wounds that I have, and I don't have to understand how that happens because to be honest i don't I really don't know I just know that this it worked and um and just I just have to believe, okay, God, you know you brought this moment, you're going to get me through it, and here we are, so yeah, thanks. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Alexis. Loretta H., your turn.
3: Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Kathy. Amazing grace, that's what I hear. Mm. My
1: question is, how do you carry your ideal relationship into your marriage every day? Uh, I, too, have been married a
2: really long time, and I just want to hear your journey in that um aspect of the work
1: Thanks Loretta that's a great question um it's not I stumble a lot and um and uh but carrying that ideal relationship in um it's something that grows, you know, and again, it took a lot of tense steps because what happened was with my husband in particular, I depended upon him to. I expected it was more than dependency, I expected him to love me the way I needed to be loved, to support me, and to adore me and worship me, um, you know, and God showed me just how selfish. That was, you know, I can't get that from my husband who's broken and pretty much um, a lot of times he's emotionally distant. And um, that's just, you know, he would even, I would say that, you know, I need affection from you. And he'd be like, I'm just not built that way. (laughs) Like what? So I would rely on, on people pleasing. I tried to manipulate it out of him and that just didn't work. That was another coming to the end of myself. And so, what I do today, what I take into that to that relationship, is I take responsibility for myself, or at least I try to. I try to take responsibility for myself, and if I need something like compassion or I need him to listen, i need to i 'm learning how to say that, how to show up with my authenticity and my honesty and not try to beat around the bush or you know hint at it um, and and then, you know, I also do a lot of prayer. I will ask God to please fill in where my husband can't right now. You know, because I do believe that a, a relationship isn't, you know, a good marriage isn't that we, you know, I don't seek him for anything. You know, it's just that I have to have some realistic balances and boundaries with it. You know, I, I expected a lot from my husband and, um, and he was doing his best. You know, when I was busy trying to, you know, get the perfect body, he was, he was busy as a sales rep, um, trying to, um, prove himself to his company and, and support our family. So he admits, and that's also a grace from God. He admits when, when we talk about the the hardest time in our relationship, when, um, you know, when we were hanging by a string, he sees his own part, um, and about how, you know, he, he was very much involved with work and left me with three kids under the age of five to try to, you know, you know manage. and um, But I, I looked to, when I wrote out ideals, I looked at the assets, the spiritual assets, which are the opposites of our character defects. And I asked God to show me, <clears throat> you know, what I can be or who he would want me to be. What I would want to be as a spouse, and what I would want from him and and I try to practice those too, like show up and to ask him, you know what are you what's going on, or um you know be excited when he comes home rather than expect the opposite and uh and yeah, just little practical things like that, and try to just um yeah show up. And, but a lot of it is, again, is practicing being my authentic self and not being who I think he thinks I should be, and trusting that that my need I can take care. There are some needs that I need to take care of myself, like working my program and um, and doing my food the way that I you know do it my for my abstinence, and because um, I used to go back out whenever he would make so much as, like, you know, I he would make just one comment, like, I just want to go out to dinner. And I'm like, oh, we can go out to dinner. And, you know, before I took that that simple sentence as meaning, um, you know, there's something wrong with me because I'm not eating. We used to eat and drink together, and I always thought that our relationship is nothing now because because it was all about eating and drinking. and But we do other things together and we go out and and we have a good time and i'm actually more connected uh because i'm present and whereas before i was all about the food and the drink and so yeah so it's it's just it's again it's it's that delicate it's a balance trying to trust god and and allow him to be and to not get not to take personalize and over dramatize some of his comments and really stick to the facts of what he's saying, you know, and he says, I, I can't stand sitting at home. Um, I did a 10 step on this one recently. That doesn't mean, Kathy, I hate you. You're the rock around my ankle. And so my life is so boring because of you. That's not, that's not what he said. You know, I got to stick to the facts What he said was he, he was tired of sitting at home cause he was, he worked out of the office uh, more days this week. And That was it. It wasn't personal. He was just like saying what he wanted and uh, I didn't have to own it and add all this other stuff to it, taking it personal. Like it was a criticism. So God helps me again, that set aside, getting rid of some of these old beliefs. Another big one with my relationship was uprooting a dishonesty that said I married the wrong guy. I asked God to remove that. And I believe today that, that I am with the man I was meant to marry And as long as I believe that, I'm not looking for evidence of where he doesn't measure up. And that helps, too. So thanks. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Loretta H., for your question. Our final question for the morning comes from Toby W. Uh,
2: Thank you, Kathy. uh, This is Toby W. from the Boston area. And thank you, Kathy. That was, uh, I had goosebumps and emotions galore because I had identified. Uh, the question I want to ask you is, um, I'm on step two, and i am I know that there is a God, but I don't understand the God, and I don't know how to get to the place of really, really, really believing deep down as you said you do and i was wondering if you would
0: talk a little
2: bit about getting there
1: how did you get there thanks toby that's a good question and and you and me both on the um <laughs> on the emotions and goosebumps but um yeah the process is it was it's just as long it can be just as long and it's life it's a life Ongoing life process. This trusting God, Um, you know, it just comes down to the fact that everything else didn't work. Um, So I, I have nothing else. My only tool really is belief. I just have to trust, and and I went by the experience of other people that that just said, you know,
0: just the
1: power. The the main one of the main things is it's got to be greater than me, and it's not me. You know, I don't know uh is a very simple uh, way to empty myself you know I, I don't I don't know I don't know what to do I don't know how to be and um you know so I that's why I loved the assignment that my sponsor gave me it wasn't me defining god um you know like it wasn't me coming up with a god you know creating a god it was just what did I think that I needed? What was it going to take for me to trust um, a God, you know, a higher power? And I had to find, I, it, had, it was really, I needed to know that I was going to be safe, that I was always going to be provided for and protected, that I was, oh, that I was going to be loved. You know, and then when I get into, and I've shared this, when I do 10 steps and I get all disturbed, it's like, oh, that's not the God that I recovered from. The God that was always a judge, the God that was out to get me, the God that was going to teach me a lesson, you know, or leave me hanging, you know, and leave it up to me. I had to, you know, a lot of my gods, again, started with all these, a lot of lies, a lot of childhood beliefs, like, Kathy, you can do it, <laughs> you know, and, and I look today, I'm like, you know, I think children's books need to be rewritten, not uh, the little engine that could, but, you know, it couldn't, it couldn't, it needed God's power, <laughs> you know, we I got to stop believing in myself, I got to stop believing in all these other things, so, and that's what the process of the steps does. You know, it's just coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves. We just, you just look at your past experience and your own desperation. You know that this isn't working. Um, I'm not it, and that's it. It's that simple. And then God reveals. God starts to. God works with that. It's just a tiny little seed, and then this God, this power, can come in. You know, we just stop. Stop with all that self-effort and self-reliance. Stop playing God. I hope that answers your question. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Toby W., for your question. Thanks to all who posed questions this morning. And, of course, thank you, Kathy, for your beautiful, authentic, and profound presentation this morning, truly an example of God's handiwork. Thank you so much for all that you gave to us this morning. Kathy's presentation share ID 18,575. That's 18575. And we're going to close now from page 164 in a chapter entitled A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him.